Thanks for joining us for Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are a fellowship committed to knowing community as God's family and sharing the food from our table with others. Every member of Christ's family should be well-nourished from God's Word, and in that Word we find all we need to live good and God-honoring lives. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. And now here for a brief introduction is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. If you were sharing the good news with someone and they said to you, I am not interested in religion, how would you respond? Or if a very religious person came to you who was of another faith and asked you, what place has religion in your life? Or what does religion mean to you? How would you answer? Our lesson today begins with my answer to just such a question in the home of an educated family in northern India. God is inviting us into himself. And our answers to others should rise out of that invitation. Have you take your Bibles and go to John chapter 17. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. The question was posed to me in the home of an educated Hindu family that I had the opportunity to meet. There was the father and his two sons and a brother-in-law. The question was posed to me by the 32-year-old son of this Hindu man, what does religion mean to you? It was an expression of concern that at the moment I felt was somewhat along the lines of what the woman at the well had expressed in the same note in her voice when she inquired of the Lord Jesus after the Lord Jesus had revealed the error of her own thinking and her own condition and her own need. Our fathers worshiped God in this mountain and you Jews say that he is to be worshiped in Jerusalem. Really, a concern basically was, what is it? Where is it? And what manner may God be found? And I decided to take the man's question to be noted by that same sense of concern. So his question was, what is religion to you? And my answer was almost immediate. Well, my first concern isn't in religion at all. I'm actually not so concerned in religion. What I am interested in is a relationship with Supreme God who made me and made you and made us so that we could know him. God says in his word that I've loved you with an everlasting love and therefore I've drawn you with loving kindness. God tells us in his word that he's constantly seeking to draw us to himself through his goodness to us each and every day, that he's seeking to bring us into himself. God has made you and I in his image with impulses of justice and love and compassion and mercy and longing for something greater and transcendent from ourselves and all these things he's doing so that we would be directed into him so that we would know the supreme God of all things, the God who made all things, so that we would know him and remain with him and enjoy him and have a relationship with him. And so my great concern is not religion. It's not measuring out the religions. It's a relationship with this God. And this is his great concern as well. But if you want to ask me about religion, I would say this. That true religion is what follows out of a relationship with this one true God. For example, you take a man or a woman and they fall in love with one another. And they begin a relationship with one another, and out of that relationship will develop duties in their lives, expressions in their life that almost take a religious order. 
as they take care of and as they watch over and as they develop this love relationship with one another. And as they love one another, he will seek the concern of her and she will seek the concern of him. And there will develop patterns that are almost like religious patterns, but they start with a relationship they have with one another. And then they'll develop a home together and they'll work for the interest of one another. And they'll raise children together in which they'll give themselves and sacrifice themselves for. And this will be their life. And it will be a life that rises out of their relationship. And if that relationship is a loving relationship, then all that they do in their life will be made up of duties of love. And this is how true religion works. It rises out of a relationship with the Creator God. And... You can't even begin to approach and identify what the true religion is until you first come to and have a relationship with the true God. From there, we had this wonderful conversation that continued to press on in these things. But isn't that a wonderful thought? Isn't that a wonderful truth? That God's first intent has always been that we would have a relationship with Him. That when He first made man, He made us in His image. That, in a sense, the first expression of this intent for us was in the Garden of Eden when God would walk with Adam and Eve made in His image in the cool of the day. And out of that walk, together with God, God gave them duties. Each day He gave them assignments and all of them were meant to be expressions of this developing love relationship. Take your Bibles to Deuteronomy 10, verses 17 through 18. On more than one occasion, I've shared this with you. It's the key verse that we use in presenting the God of the Bible to the Hindu. Just prior to these words in Deuteronomy 10, 17 through 18, just a couple verses prior to that, you'll see that God declares that He's chosen Israel and that the primary reason for which He's chosen Israel is in order that He might love them. And it's out of his love for them and the identity of his love for them that God then reveals himself to them, that God makes himself known. The only way that God can love us and we can love God, you might say, in this reciprocating relationship is for God to know us, which he does, and for us to know him. And so the Lord identifies himself and says, The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, who is not partial nor takes a bribe, He executes justice for the fatherless and widows and loves the stranger and giving him food and clothing. Here are words that express a knowledge of what God is like and they are a revelation of God that comes to us out of this pursuit of God to love us and us to love Him. And then what follows actually after these verses in Deuteronomy 10 is a list of the duties of love that express themselves out of relationship. In a sense, an expression of the religion, if you will, that rises out of relationship. Love your neighbor, it says, or love the stranger, it says. Fear the Lord. Serve Him. Hold fast to Him. Swear by His name. That is, make all your commitments in His name or for His name's sake. It's a relationship with God, a knowing of God, That leads to a religion, a duty before God. It is a love duty. James made the same kind of connection between knowing this God and true religion in James chapter 127. There he says, Pure religion and undefiled is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction 
and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. You can see the connection between what Moses writes in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and what James writes to the Hebrews he's writing to in James 27. You start with a growing, knowing relationship with God, and then this relationship shapes our relationships with others. We love them. We live before them a life of surrender and a life of holiness to God. And that is our religion. Living out before others and with others our love relationship with God. The loving relationship we are to have with God where He cares for us and we care for His concerns results in our care for others. This is different from the life that you find in India. If you go there and travel there, there are a number of things that will overwhelm you and one of them is just like you're in a constant Niagara of humanity just pouring over you. It's, you just see life in all kinds of stages. It's just rushing at you and it, you can't take your eye off of it. But the other thing you see is all of the mess that humanity creates. There's no country I've been where you see more garbage everywhere. Just everywhere is garbage. And I had an opportunity to have a lengthy conversation with a leading expert in Indian life. I asked him about this lack of cleanliness. And he said, well, it's not that people in India are not interested in cleanliness. None of them will throw trash in front of their own home. They just throw it in trash in front of other people's homes. In fact, after he said all that, he pointed out that the revelation that we have of God here is different from any God that they have. All the gods of India basically are self-interested entities. They're entities that are seeking things from individuals in order to, in a sense, pay off their own desires and their own self-interest. But here is a God who demonstrates himself to be God over all gods, and yet this God shows his interest in the weakest, the most forlorn, the stranger, and the alien, and caring for them. And this God actually gives us a law that we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And this God tells us as a rule for the way we live that we're to do unto others as we would have others do unto us. And then he raises a standard for believer by thinking that we're to consider one another as more important than ourselves. That's the law that comes from this God. And as a result of the influence of the knowledge and understanding of this God, we live in a society that doesn't, as a general rule, throw trash on our neighbor's lawn. Even though we have a lot of people that don't necessarily believe in this God, they've been shaped by the moralities that come to individuals because they live in a Judeo-Christian world. It's not the world that the people of India live in. And so he shared this information with me. I'll give you the answer again. He said the people of India are concerned of the, the cleanliness of their property and their homes. They'll not throw trash on their own properties, but they have no problem throwing it on another person's property. He shared that with me. We spoke about that for a moment, what that means. But he said that actually in India, the God of the Bible is becoming known more and more. He's impressing more and more people's lives. There is a movement in India towards the gospel and towards the God of the Bible. And so he made a prediction, and it was simply this. That if you come back to 10 to 15 years, I assure you that you will see less and less trash in our streets. It doesn't mean that all the people will be Christians but the knowledge of God will change us. And the fact that they embrace this God and they accept Him as a legitimate God to derive direction from for their lives, you're going to see less and less trash on our streets. 
but then he said, but then let me make a prediction. No, he said, let me make a prophecy. Over the next 10 to 15 years, your western cities will become more and more dirty. As you reject God and as you leave God and you turn your backs on God, you'll have less and less concern about throwing your garbage in other people's front lawns. That's what he was saying. You can't read the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17 that we had read here today and not see in it a great desire of the Savior that we would know God, that He would be known by us in the depth of our being. And the second thing that you'll see that's expressed in this, and you can't miss this either, is that this knowledge of God, this knowledge of God revealed in the Son, that it would produce a relationship with one another that is expressive of this loving knowledge, that is expressive of this relationship. If you just have your Bibles open to John chapter 17, I'm not going to give you the verses, but you can kind of let your eyes just fall down the text, and you'll see this expression of this great desire for our knowledge of God to manifest itself in the way that we lovingly live with one another. This is eternal life that they might know you and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. I am praying for them that they may be one as we are one. That they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you and they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Oh, listen to that. That their unity with one another because of their mutual love for us and their deep and growing profound knowledge of us might be the point from which the world might come to believe in you. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.